Welcome to the Igniting Hope Podcast, where you will experience catalytic encouragement and practical tools to renew your mind with truth instead of lies, so you can experience transformation in your emotions, circumstances, and influence. Let's break off self-limiting beliefs together like never before. The title of today's podcast is Hearing God Through the Wrong Filter, Part 2. This is going to be a good one today. Hey, before we get into the content, let me just tell you some places that I or Wendy and I are going to be upcoming. And I was just in Bethel, Atlanta this past weekend. Great meetings. Love that church. I'm going to be in Fremont, California. Wendy and I are going to be there on April 16th, Fremont, California. Then on April 19th through 21st, I will be ministering as part of the Bethel Leaders Network Summit in Redding, California. You can find the info on that at Bethel.com. Look for BLN Bethel Leaders Network, or you can get just Google that. And then we are doing our Abounding Hope and Joy Conference, Wendy and I and our team, on April 28th and 29th. Yes, here in Redding. That you can find info on ignitinghopeacademy.com. It's going to be wild. It's going to be full of revelations on hope, beliefs, renewing the mind, Wendy's victorious emotions teaching, living from the unseen teaching. And we have subtitled it, The Party is Here. It's going to be good. We'll be in uh, Buffalo, New York area in May. We'll be in Concord, California area, or in Concord in May as well. We'll be in Las Cruces, New Mexico coming up. I will be, not, not windy. And so look at our itinerary, ignitinghope.com, if you want to find out where we're at, be in the Netherlands, Taiwan, be in Wiley, Texas in the fall. There's just so many good places to go. So, hey, if you ever go to any of those meetings, why don't you come up and say hi and say, hey, I'm a listener of the podcast. Hearing God Through the Wrong Filter, part two. I'm going to be repeating some things because I believe this is a message that is so good to get deep in our spirits. And I was talking last week about how we have a filter that causes us to interpret what we're hearing in such a way, whether it's from people, whether it's what we believe God is saying to us, or how, or the filter of how we interpret life in, in general. And those filters are created through past experience. They're created through our, our insecurities, through our pride, through our prejudices. And it causes us, again, to interpret things in a certain way. And we can look at the 10 spies in Numbers 13 that came back with Joshua and Caleb, and they had a filter that caused them to interpret what they saw in the promised land, a filter. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were with theirs. And I like to say how we interpret ourselves will be how we'll interpret the world. So their, their filter of their own 
inadequacy caused them to interpret a situation at a, at a lower level. But I want to focus in on how, how our filter affects us in interpreting what God is saying. Now, a question that I could ask, or I will ask, <laughs> is what do you believe is the most important thing or things that you believe God wants you to hear from him? Think about that for a moment. What, what are the most important things, statements, that you believe that God wants you to hear from him? And last week we talked about my theory uh, of the 17 most important chapters in the Bible— Galatians 1 through 6, Ephesians 1 through 3, Colossians 1 and 2, Romans chapters 4 through 8, and Hebrews 4. And I believe that those chapters are, as we get them deep into our spirits, as we pray through them, as we make declarations about them, as we uh, meditate on them, it's going to cause us to have the proper filter to interpret the rest of the Bible. If we don't understand the depths of those, what Jesus has done, that we are seated in heavenly places. I was reading today in Colossians 2, and I believe it's verse 10, where it says, we are complete in him. I'm complete in him. And so statements like that will help us to understand the depths of what Jesus did on the cross through his resurrection. We were baptized in him. We died with him. We no longer live according to Galatians 2.20, but Christ lives in us and the life we now live in the flesh. We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And so we, we talked about that in detail last week. We talked about Hebrews 5.11, where the writer of Hebrews says, I, I can't say any more about Melchizedek because you become dull of hearing. And then he says in verse 13 that you are unskilled in the word of righteousness. It doesn't just say unskilled in the word. You're unskilled in the word of righteousness. And I believe that we are skilled in the word of righteousness when we believe that we are still righteous, when we do an unrighteous act. And that we don't allow our identity to be shifted because of our behavior. Now, certainly if our behavior is abusive, hurtful to others, reckless uh, in our own lives, then, then get help. Get help. But Continue to believe you're righteous. And so as we think about what's the most important things that if we're truly hearing, now this, this is the point that I'm making, that if we're truly hearing what God is really saying to us, really saying, not what our filter 
is causing us to hear. But if we're really hearing what God is saying to us, we will hear repeatedly his love for us. We'll not only hear it, we'll feel it. Because if we're hearing it at the level that he's saying it, truly saying it, then we will feel it as well. We will hear what Jesus heard when he was baptized by John the Baptist in, in Matthew 3 at the end of the chapter. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. His filter, he had a good filter, and he, and he heard that. And so today, and by the way, I am camping in those 17 chapters right now and meditating on them in the morning and then doing other audio reading in the evening. But I'm, I'm wanting my filter to get stronger for him. I'm wanting to replace negative strongholds that have developed through agreeing with the accuser of the brethren, agreeing with negative past experience, getting my identity out of my feelings and experience. I'm going in depth in those chapters to create positive strongholds, positive filters within my life. Whatever our strongholds are, we're constantly looking for proof to confirm what we already believe is true. If I have a stronghold that I am the dearly beloved of the Lord, then I'm constantly looking for proof to confirm that. If I have a stronghold that God's primary concern is correcting my behaviors and telling me that I am not good enough, I'm not lining up, and I need to keep improving and improving in order to be blessed, in order to be truly loved, then that stronghold is going to constantly cause me to see in Scripture and cause me to hear in sermons and other places that that's the only thing God's saying to me. <laughs> Whew. So thinking about just, all right, how do we increase? Let me, let me just say something else before I get into, I'm going to give you some, some thoughts, some steps to take that I believe will help you improve your filter. Obviously, I've already shared some things you, you, about doctrine and getting your doctrine right, but I'll share some, some others. But I was, I was thinking about this whole concept of what is God actually saying to me? What is he speaking to me? And I, I was thinking in my book, The Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People. And it's it's got Bill Johnson, senior leader at Bethel Church, Reading, his quote on the back, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. And by the way, we've got a book two versions of that book. One is my the original version that I wrote with Dr. Phil Backlund, my brother, and Melissa Amato. And that book has 
biblical verse of tons of verses in it and scriptural examples and 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 not exclusively church context, but a lot of church context to apply the culture of empowerment. We wrote another one called the Biz- the Culture of Empowerment Business and Organizational Version. And we have right now on our website, ignitinghopeacademy.com, that book or that the course that goes along with that book that my brother Phil and I did, a 12-week course with coaching sessions with Phil. He's a, He's got his PhD in speech communication, is taught on uh, group dynamics, taught on empowerment for years from an academic point of view. And so that's available at nightinghopeacademy.com. But I'm, I'm thinking about that. And one of the things that I say about empowering leaders, empowering parents, empowering relationships is that leader, empowering leaders tell people much more who they are than they tell them what to do. Because we cannot consistently do what we don't believe we are. They tell them how much more that, that they appreciate them, they value them, they're thankful for them, and, uh, and, and they love them especially in the church context, family context, you're going to use that language more. And and I say, I've got a theory that concerning behavioral issues, empowering leaders tell their people 80% who they are and 20% what to do. So when we want to improve behaviors we realize that we need to focus much more on identity than on behaviors. Because if we're just focusing in on behaviors and telling people what they need to do, it's really a works of the law framework, strategy, so to speak. And wherever the works of a law is emphasized, it actually creates sin. The law, the New Testament tells us the law actually was brought about in one way to create more sin so we know that there is a need of a Savior. But here's the point that I want to make, is that God is, is empowering. And he, too, realizes, and he is speaking, he's going to be speaking identity to us. He's going to be speaking love to us primarily. And, and certainly there's going to be times that he's going to correct us in our behaviors, rebuke us in our behaviors, but it's going to be in the context of an empowering culture that is speaking his love to us, his belief in us, his identity, our identity. And so that's important. So let me just give you just some ideas of how to get how to shift to increasingly have a healthy filter to hear God right. First of all, some of us or all of us at some level need to get healing. Need to get healing. We need to allow the Lord to touch deep areas of our lives and this can happen through a personal encounter with him just by 
pursuing love, getting revelation of his love, where we can happen in, in intense worship with him, where we have an encounter with his love. And some, and it may be necessary to get counseling by skilled people who have a new covenant mindset, get inner healing ministry with some people who have sozo ministries. And in some cases, deliverance just can come through powerful anointed ministry to free us up from things holding us back. Now, secondly, and I've said this, is understand the two covenants. I've talked uh, about this, but I want to reemphasize it, that the new covenant, that Jesus brought us is radically different than the old covenant. Radically. And so my 17 chapter idea touches on that. And thirdly, understand what we and others need to hear. What we and others need to hear. I need to hear who I am. I need to hear I'm loved. Well, then other people need to hear that as well. And if you're a church leader, you're a family leader, then we realize that if we need to hear it, those we're influencing need to hear it, and it's going to affect what we say, what we emphasize to those that we're leading. Fourthly, and this will be the last one I'll say, take advantage of non-hope-filled emotions. Non-hope-filled emotions are under the influence of a lie. Feelings don't validate truth. They just validate what we believe is true. Feelings don't validate truth. They just validate what we believe is true. Now, when we have non-hope-filled emotions... Again, it could be victim mindset, could be shame, unworthiness, pessimism, disappointment. Now, we all experience those, but to stay in those means that we are not pushing against those with the truths of Scripture. We only get muscle by pushing against resistance. And so as we target those with the word of God, with the love of God, with what the Lord has said to us, and we push against non-hope-filled emotions with the promises of God, then we build up the muscle and the filter to increasingly interpret life and interpret what God is saying in a healthy way. Hey, I sure hope you've, you've been blessed by this. If you want more on this, my new book that's just that's just come out on in Amazon uh, that you're gonna get on Amazon now, igniting joy in 40 days, is gonna indirectly touch on this. It's gonna deepen the truths that that I'm been sharing here. It's a great devotional. Uh, Dr. Peter Lahai, who's on my team, uh, every fifth day of the book, it's 40-day devotional, gives 
uh, research, advanced research on joy, scientific things. It's so good. But I'm excited about that. If you want a new devotional or you want more material from me, you can go to Amazon and find the book in hard copy or a Kindle ebook form, Igniting Joy in 40 Days. I've got another book there, Igniting Hope in 40 Days, another one, Igniting, yeah, Igniting Faith, Igniting Hope, Igniting Joy in 40 Days. Hey, if you're new to uh, Igniting Hope Ministries, new to this podcast, welcome. You can check us out at ignitinghope.com. You can check us out at Igniting Hope Instagram, Facebook. And some of you are listening and watching this podcast on our YouTube channel, Igniting Hope YouTube. And we just love to encourage you. So if you're new, you can check us out. You can sign up for our newsletter, Igniting Hope. Dot com. We'd love to have you as a part of our family, hearing uh, where we're going to be traveling, hearing or, or reading that, reading blogs that I put a new blog out every Monday, usually connected to the podcast. Hey, bless you. Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. We are here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. God needs to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. In Ezekiel 37, when God showed Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones, he told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, speak life to the bones. God didn't say, Ezekiel, step aside, watch me prophesy to the bones. No, he needs somebody who believes that things will get better and they have the power to help make it so. That, that's what hope is. And remember, too, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And by the way, I'll say it again, this book, Igniting Joy in 40 Days, is so powerful. If you need a joy burst, and I give you one, Pretty much every time at the end of the podcast, that book is going to be so helpful. And, and remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. For pretty much everybody listening today, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. You know, I've never found a time that it's convenient to walk in radical joy. Yep, when it's all lined up, I'm not battling any personal weaknesses. All the people in my life are doing what I think they should be doing. I don't have any physical challenges. I have all the money that I need. I'm not hearing any negative news in the media or from others. <laughs> then I'll be joyful. No, that's a delusion. And by the way, even right now as I'm speaking, something is getting released to you an impartation of joy. There's a breakthrough in your life in this season of joy and accessing that. And it, it's, it's your strength. A merry heart is good like medicine. Jesus in Hebrews 1.9 created a culture of gladness. It says he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. And Jesus 
created a culture of gladness around him. Great leaders, great parents create a culture of gladness. Great uh, influencers create a culture of gladness because to be glad, we have to let go of a lot of things. We have to let go of perfectionism. We have to let go of control. We have to let go of pessimism. We, we have to let go of distancing ourselves from those who disappoint us, distancing our hearts and that tendency. And, and gladness is a catalytic culture bringer. And by the way, I see God cr- releasing through you a culture of gladness around you like never before. And one of the key joy principles that I have is I celebrate progress, not perfection. I don't stay constantly euphoric. I just want to make my low places higher and not stay as long. Woohoo! I used to go this low and stay two weeks. Now I just go this low and stay one day or half a day. I celebrate progress. Hey, before we go, we've been doing it. We've been having you pray five seconds for Igniting Hope Ministries. When I was just in Atlanta, Georgia, someone came up to me and prayed a five-second prayer over me before I were in the service. And they it just reminded me of just how many of you are doing this. And we feel it so much. We're in such a good season and we feel your prayers. And it, it's it, again, it, it, it's something that we're benefiting by. But I want to model to you the power of five-second prayer. We sometimes feel so overwhelmed by information that comes to us, whether uh, things that people we care about are experiencing or negative news in the media, and it feels so overwhelming. And, you know, and there are many situations where we're not called to do an extended time of prayer for a certain need or cause, but five-second prayers. And you know what else I'm sensing is that People that you're tended, tending to, that you're tempted to criticize on social media or other places, the Lord's going to have you pray five second prayers for them. It's going to break off a critical attitude and it's also going to invest in what they're doing. So we mentioned a lot of things coming up a lot of travel, our Abounding Hope and Joy Conference, our Bethel Leaders Network time on April 19th through 21st. Um, The new book that's out, you can take one of those, Pray for Wendy and I. Let's, Let's take five seconds right now to pray for Igniting Hope Ministries. Amen, amen. You can just say that prayer was powerful and effective. Hey, if you like these podcasts, why don't you tell somebody else about them? And we appreciate so much those who have sowed financially into Igniting Hope Ministries by going to ignitinghope.com and finding our donate button there. If you want to do that, we would love that. We bless it. I have such a goal to give away 
you know, the, the goal is right about a thousand books this year that I want to give away. You're helping me do that. You're helping us uh, reach people. We give courses, many courses away or at reduced prices. And we just want to be generous with what we're doing. You help us to do that. Thank you so much. And if you're not able to give to Igniting Hope, that's and you're not in a season to do that or don't feel called to do that, that's fine. Thank you so much for being a part of our family. We bless you in the name of the Lord. I look forward to being with you again on a podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. You can be a part of our live stream of this Igniting Hope podcast by joining our social media channels on YouTube and Facebook and hitting notifications. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Help us get the message of hope out to more people by liking and sharing this podcast. Also, we have so many more incredible resources for you, including books, events, and courses on our website, ignitinghope.com. And why don't you say this concerning the message in today's podcast? I receive it and I'll never be the same again.